0: And uh, we are going to start out in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, one of the earliest Bible stories probably that most of us learn in in Sunday school in the 17th chapter. We're going to look at David and Goliath for a few moments. Um, Maybe not quite at the same point we normally look at David and Goliath, but I I want to look at this story for a few moments and we begin to see, uh, as we look, we're going to track from David as a as a young boy here as he first fights Goliath to David as a warrior a few years later. And as we focus this evening, I'd like our focus to be on the fact that we, we come to God as babes in Christ. We, we come into church and we're, we're born again as we use the term. And as we are born again, we are, we are babes in Christ. But I want us to realize that our walk with God is not just that first step. It's not just that first day, but we can continue to grow in him, and as we grow deeper in relationship with him, he can do more through through us, but also we can have a much closer experience with him, and I am so thankful for that. So we'll start out this evening, 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verses 38 through 40, and I will probably go through about 20 cough drops tonight. I apologize for that, but if I don't, I will not be able to keep talking, so... 1 Samuel 17th chapter, starting with verse 38. It says, And Saul, Saul armed David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assayed to go, or he began to go, for he had not proved it. Or sorry, refused to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him verse 40 he took his staff in his hand he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had even in a scrip and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the philistine you can be seated we'll stop there uh, for a moment but we know the story or most of us probably if not i'm going to paraphrase or recap it a little bit here but we know the story of david and of goliath david he, as a young boy had been out in the shepherd fields. He'd been watching the flock of sheep. Uh, he was deemed pretty insignificant by his family, by his dad, by his brothers, to the to the point that when uh, the prophet comes to anoint, he says, hey, uh, Jesse, Jesse is David's dad, says, I'm, I've come to your house. I need you to get all your sons together because God has told me that the next king of Israel is one of your sons. I need to anoint one of them king. And he brings all the sons out and David was insignificant enough that all the brothers are brought out and David is left in the field with the sheep. They didn't see him as able to be the next king of Israel. They saw David as the little shepherd boy and left him in the field. And uh, uh, (laughs) Samuel goes through all the brothers, says, nope, not him, not him, not. He says, surely you got one more kid because God told me that one of your kids is the next king, and I done went through this whole line, and God said, "Ain't none of them." So, God sends him uh, this word that it's it's one that's not here, and so reaches to Jesse, and they send for the shepherd fields, and they bring in young David at a young age. He's anointed to be the next king of Israel, and we we don't see a lot of his growing up, but we see the high points. We see this shepherd boy that he's in the field and the lion comes to attack the sheep and doesn't have any way to get through it but he knows that with God he can handle this so he fights the lion and he wins we see the same shepherd boy in the same field with the same sheep and as he's there maybe playing his harp maybe worshiping God as he tended to do we see that all through the book of Psalms Uh, he's maybe out there experiencing God and worshiping and Playing his heart, maybe writing a song—I don't know—but he's out there watching the sheep, and a bear comes. And we see the same young boy say, "Well, I got to do something about this. You know, I'm—I'm here, and the sheep have got to be here, so the bear can't." So, uh, with God, he's able to fight the bear. And then it's wartime, and once again, he's not seen as much. Nobody sees David as a warrior, which is a great contrast. If we jump forward, we find David and Saul coming back to town and they begin to sing. Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. But the contrast of that great warrior to this young child is huge because all they saw young David fit to do was carry a lunch pail. He went to the battlefield, but he went with no armor. He went with no weapon. Oh, he had the sling and the stones on him, but... That was not the weapon of a warrior. That was the tool of a shepherd. And as David gets there, he's, he's not coming to fight. He is not coming to be in battle. He's coming to, because dad said, hey, you need to take your brother's lunch. They've been out fighting all day and they're hungry. And I, I don't know exactly what that's like. I've, I was in a few boy, uh, boyhood, maybe schoolyard tussles, but I never been in a fight so long I had to stop and eat because I got hungry. I'm not quite sure how that works, but uh, I said, you, you, you better take your brothers, they've been fighting all day, it's it's about noontime, I'm taking a few liberties there, but it's about noontime, you need to take them a lunch pail, and the closest thing I can think of to that is, as I was a kid, we'd always, about a week of making hay that you, uh, we didn't do much, we lived in the field from daylight to dark, and the farmers here probably know that a lot more than I did, we grew up raising cattle, so most of the year, you didn't, you weren't just they sitting on a tractor all day, but for a couple weeks a year, I'd be on a tractor from daylight to dark, cutting hay, and about noontime, my granny would come, and one of my best memories as a kid are sitting on the tailgate of the old truck, e- eating a sack lunch, and I kind of wonder if it wasn't something like that. Everybody brought their lunch, and okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to quit fighting, and we're going to stop now, and we'll take a time out here, and we'll, we'll eat our sack lunch on the tailgate of the truck, and we'll, we'll start fighting again in 15 minutes, boys. I I don't know quite how they did it there, but it was time to eat. And he gets there, but as he brings the lunch, he's serving as he was asked to do. He's doing to the best of his ability what he was asked to do. And he gets there, and he sees Goliath, and Goliath's saying, send a man out. Take a champion among you. Find you one man that'll come and fight me. Your whole army doesn't have to fight. My whole army doesn't have to fight. He's insulting them, and he's insulting God, and... He says, "Just send one man out here, and I'll fight." And all the warriors are hiding, shaking. And David he gets there, and it's not David's personality to hide and shake. If we go back and remember the lion, and we remember the bear, when something needs done, David says, "I can do this with God," and it's done. So he begins to tell his brothers, "Why, ain't, bro, you're pretty big. Why don't you go fight that dude?" He's like, Brother's sitting there hiding and said, I ain't ain't anywhere near that dude. I don't want any part of that. Ask the next brother maybe. I I assume before David got to Saul, he at least made it through the whole stack of brothers he had and not one of them wanted to fight. And so he's moving to the next guy up in line. Why is nobody this, this Philistine is insulting us. He's insulting our God. Why ain't anybody going out there and lopping his head off? And none of the warriors are willing to go fight and we end up with David in the tent of seeing King Saul and says, I'll go fight. And I kind of wonder what kind of place they were in that the boy that was only deemed big enough to carry the lunch pail, they're like, you know what? Here's some armor. Go fight. I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty sure that there are not many situations that if somebody comes to, let's say Brother Clyde comes to fight Brother Kaiser. Now, Brother Clyde's a little bigger than Brother Kaiser, but but even so, Brother Kaiser's probably not going to say, nope, I'm out. Braxton, you take this one for me. Just, just get it, Braxton. You're going to have to take him down. But That's kind of what we see there is Braxton to Brother Clyde. And we've, we've got David here, and Saul says, well, son, if you're dumb enough to fight him, here's my armor and here's my sword. Go ahead. And so they, they put the armor of the king upon the shepherd boy. The shepherd boy, he puts that armor on and he picks up that sword. He's trying to move around. Remember, they'd already decided he wasn't big enough to fight. When a nation's at war, they don't leave somebody out just because. They left David out because he wasn't big enough to do any good. But now they're at their last resort, so okay, we're going to take a Hail Mary. We're going to put all this big armor on this little kid. We're going to send him out here and see what happens. And they put the armor on him he says, I can't do this. I'm not big enough for this. I haven't grown into this. I haven't proved this. I, I haven't been through the training. I haven't been to boot camp. I haven't learned how to use this sword. I haven't learned how to wear this armor. I'm not even big enough to carry the sword or big enough to wear the armor. And he shucks all that off and he, he takes what he has proved. He says, I don't know a lot about fighting, but... I've used the sling and I've used the stones. I've I've proven them. I know how to use them and I know how to work them. And I know that if God goes with me and He goes to battle, and we know the story of David and Goliath. David goes out there and he's got the, the sling and the five stones and he puts a rock in there, spins it around and he chucks it. And He's telling Saul, you come to me with a spear and with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God most high. And as he comes, it's not the little shepherd boy, and it's not that one little smooth rock flying out of that sling, although I'm sure he had used that many, many times and was very skilled in the use of that sling. But as he goes, he says, I come to you, I've only got this sling and I've only got these five stones, but that's all I need because I come to you with Almighty God. As the stones hit David or Goliath and Goliath falls and he's dead, it's only then that Saul or that David, for the first time, wields a weapon other than his sling, because he picks up that sword of Goliath. And I, I don't know quite how big it was. It talks about the, the size of the of the um, spear and the size of the shield and the armor. I don't see a lot in there about the sword. But He goes and he picks up that sword. And if the spear is like the oh, the beam on a weaver's loom, you're you're talking, you know. Six, seven foot long and yay big around. If the spear is that big, I assume this is a pretty honking big sword. And he he gets this sword and it's probably all the young boy can do. But he lops the head off of Goliath with it. And through God this is accomplished. But David had not yet proven that weapon, had not yet proven that armor. He hadn't grown into it. But if we go a few chapters later and we find, as David begins to grow, we get to the 21st chapter. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. It says, And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. Now David is running from Saul. He's not quite told the priest of the truth here, but he is in need of a weapon. And the priest said, the sword of Goliath, remember that little boy picking up that sword and lopping off the head when he hadn't been big enough to even use the smaller sword. There's a sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah. Behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If that will take that, take it. For there is none other save that here. And David said, there is none like that. Give it me. I don't see it talk about any other swords, and I, I wonder if it wasn't for the rest of his life. For the rest of his battles, David was a fighting man, fought most of his life. I wonder if for the rest of his life he went to battle carrying the sword of Goliath. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It's speculation, I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is at this point he went on and it was the weapon that he had to defend himself. It was the weapon that he had as he runs to Gath and just has the 400 men with him and Um, all the things that we see happen there. The weapon that he carried as he went through all that was the weapon of the giant that he slew as a young boy. As David aged and as David grew, he got to the point where he said, I'm sorry, but the only sword we have, you remember that big honking huge sword that you, you cut the head off that giant with? That's the only sword we got. David said, that's great. There's not another sword like that one. Let me have it. This is the same boy that some time ago said, I can't use your sword and I can't use your armor because I'm not big enough and I haven't proved that. But what we have now is not a shepherd boy, but what we have now is a warrior. We have David who has killed his 10,000s. We have David who time and time again has walked into the battlefield ahead of and beside King Saul. He has walked into the battlefield against Philistines and against the other nations around them and It was no thing now for David to pick up a sword. In fact, David was known to be a man of war. It was for that reason that he could not build the temple, merely gather the supplies, but that Solomon to build the temple because God said, "You're, you're a man of violence, you're a man of war. That is who I've called you to be and that's who I've used you as, but because of that, you're not a temple builder. But David is no longer the shepherd boy that he was, no longer the one that says... You can't do this. You're just not big enough. All you can do is carry the lunch pail. Now they're like, this is the biggest sword we've got in the country, but it's the only one here. He says, okay, there's not another one like that. Let me. David, he took that sword because he had grown and he had proved himself as a warrior that he could wield even the sword of a giant. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, the third chapter. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. We'll begin to talk about how the, uh, the story of David, as we uh, look into really the history books of the Old Testament, and we start exploring that, but uh, see how that story can begin to relate to us and our growth in Christ. In the third chapter of First Corinthians, starting with verse 1, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual... But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. He says, you're still worldly. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? When David was the little shepherd boy, he couldn't fight the fight of the warrior. he wasn't anything bad against David. It wasn't any uh, mark against him to say, oh no, that little boy couldn't. That'd be like saying, what's wrong with Braxton? Why couldn't he beat up Brother Clyde? Well, because he's a tenth his size. He just hasn't grown into it yet. That's just how it is. As we grow, we get to a different place in life where we are. It's not a mark against David, that as a shepherd boy, he couldn't wield the war, the armor and the weapons of a warrior. He just hadn't grown into being a warrior yet. And Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he's giving them a little direction. He's saying, as babes, you've got to be filled with milk. Uh, Brother Clyde, you don't take little Junie and give her a T-bone. I don't take most of my kids and give them a T-bone, but that's because I like steak and I don't want to share. Um... But when they were little, I didn't give them steak because they didn't need it. They hadn't grown up to the point of being able to chew it or digest it. And Paul's saying, I couldn't talk to you like I needed to talk to you because you haven't grown to where you needed to grow. He said, as babies, you've got to be fed with milk, but as you grow, uh, you should grow to the point that you eat a little more than milk. Some of my kids have got there. My son still doesn't eat much fairly malnourished I'm afraid because he lives off of peanut butter crackers and not french fries Um, maybe one of these days he'll grow up and eat meat and become a Cardinals fan Um, we'll just keep praying for him but as we grow in God it's the same way as we um, we're still praying for Brother Donnie too maybe (laughs) both of them will become Cardinals fans It's okay, Brother Donnie. I'll bring you a Cubs bottle next Sunday. Uh, As we grow in our walk with God, we should grow not just in the amount of time we've been living for God, but also we should be growing in maturity and depth in our our walk with Him. And we should be able to handle and draw nourishment and sometimes correction from the meat of the Word of God. We should be able to dig in a little further, dig in a little deeper. (laughs) begin to find some things that didn't come out the first time. How often do we get into the Word of God and I begin to read and I begin to look and I say, I've read this scripture a thousand times, but I never saw that before. I wonder if sometimes that's because the last 990 times i read it, I hadn't grown enough for God to decide I could handle that part yet. I hadn't gotten to the place that God said, you're not ready for that yet, but... I come to the day that I begin to get into the Word and I begin to read and God says, I see where you're at and I see what you're going through and I I see where you've grown to and today I can give you this morsel. But if we never grow in our walk with God, it would be like if David, at some 30 years old as he's running from Saul, went into the temple Hey, I need a weapon. They said, Well, we got the Goliath sword. At this point, this experienced warrior that has killed his ten thousand said, Oh, it's Goliath. I can't handle that. Tell you what, do you got a sling and five stones laying around here? That's that'll work for me. It'd be like Brother Sheeran going to a restaurant and saying, Well, what's the most basic thing you have? If, whatever the most basic thing on your menu is, I'll I'll just take that. I I really don't know that I've I've grown enough to accept much more than that. So you just have have a bowl of oatmeal. I don't know if you've been to a re- I assume most of us have. If you haven't been to a restaurant, Bruce, Sharon, he's not going to order the most basic of things on the menu. His palate is a little more advanced than that. Um, also, he's not going to order just one of the things on the menu. Um, There's going to be like one of everything, and it's going to get passed around, and um, you're you're going to experience some things, but we don't do that on day one, and Paul is pointing this out. He's saying, as we grow in our walk with God, we have to come to experience some things, and we've got to grow to a point that we can handle the meat of the word more than the milk of the word. He begins to talk about himself a little bit in the 13th chapter, verse 11. He says, when I was a child. I think it's interesting. We're 10 chapters later in the same letter. Mind you, this wasn't broken into chapters. He was writing a letter. He must have really had this problem with the church in Corinth because we've made it 10 chapters and he's come back to the same point. He says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, he says, I put away childish things. I took the things that I had outgrown and I set those aside. We had a discussion today in the van on the way down to Memphis and the kids were talking in the back. I was driving and listening and they were talking about uh, the kids in the youth group and how they come into the youth group as just barely over a child. They're 13 years old, 12 years old, whatever that age is. I should probably know that. And they, I think it's twelve. I think I do know that. And they, they come in at twelve years old, and they begin to grow, and they're there until they're um, eighteen or twenty, or get kicked out, or however old they are. There, um, the general youth division I think says you can be a part of the youth department, at least in ministry, till you're thirty-six. So they're, they're in there for a long time. And they were talking about how when they come in, they say they're at that awkward stage that they. You know, they've made it to the youth group and youth groups all want to go hang out. They still kind of want to play with Legos, but you'll see them get a couple years older. And I think that was the term I heard, but you get a couple years older and they come to that point. You start seeing that shift in maturity. And Paul is writing to the church and he says, Hey, when I was a little kid, I did the things as a little kid and that's okay because I was a little kid. But when I got older, I had to set some things aside. I had to lay some things by by the wayside because those things were the things of a child and I was no longer a child. I dare say that as David went to battle, as he was fighting his 10,001st man, as he was 30, 40, 50 years of age, still walking into battle, still carrying a sword, Maybe, maybe later in years still carrying the sword of Goliath, I don't know. But I dare say that he probably, not much after that first fight, probably didn't carry into battle the sling and the five stones again. Because David was no longer a shepherd, but a warrior. We, uh, we mature spiritually. We have to begin to actually mature spiritually. We have to put away the childish things. We have to uh, become the Christians that our world needs. Unfortunately, there is a lot of work to be done as the church, as the body of Christ. As we try to reach our communities and reach to the hurting and reach to the lost and reach to the broken, there's a lot of the work that needs to be done and it's not often that we send our kids to work. There's a work to be done, but we have to grow to be able to accomplish that work. And part of what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians is that You as the church, as the representative of God, as the body of Christ in the city of Corinth, you have to become who you need to be so that the work that God wants to do can be accomplished. I I still sometimes like to do childish things. Not as much as maybe I used to, but, but there are days that I don't want to do any work. Every now and then there's days I just don't. Not near as many as I would like sometimes. Uh, but, you know, there, there are days that it'd be awful nice to not have the responsibilities and have all the things that need to be done and everybody that needs taken care of and not have to worry about everybody else's mouths getting fed, but just let that all sit by the wayside and hang out and frolic my way through life and just enjoy it because I'm a kid. But unfortunately, I'm not. Unfortunately, that means the The time comes that I've got to do work so that kids can eat. The time comes that there are things that have to be done, so I have to do them. Because if I don't do them, how are they going to get done? There there are things that I have to do just because I've grown up. I don't always like that fact. My wife will tell you that she does not have four children. She has five. And the hardest one to deal with is the biggest one. Um... She often says, or often shares, she sees this meme on Facebook and then I think it gets either showed to or texted to or something to me that says my my most difficult child is my mother-in-law's. So I maybe not have fully embraced this concept of of growing up and becoming an adult and I may never get there, I don't know. Uh, But I have found that if I don't, do it sometimes it doesn't happen because i'm the adult and it has to be done sometimes in our walk with god we come to that same point does, does that mean that on day one that i need to be doing everything that pastor's doing no and that does not reflect ne- negatively on upon me on day one because god didn't ask me to do that it's no different than it not reflecting negatively on david i don't i don't want anybody to think that i'm saying we're all horrible because we're not pastor And that's not the case we're each called to our own place we're gifted to our own place and we're each at our own place in our walk with God some of us have been here a long time and have grown in maturity and some of us haven't been here real long and we are not to that same place and that's okay that is not a negative thing at all that is just where we're at but I do want us to be cognizant of the fact this evening and I'm gonna get done early even I do want us to be cognizant of the fact this evening to be mindful that as i grow in christ i need to grow in christ as i continue in my walk with god i need it to be a focus of mine lord let me tomorrow let me not just have lived for you one more day but tomorrow let me be one step closer to you tomorrow god if i could if i could move into my walk with you a little deeper than i did today that'd be wonderful God, if next year I could not just celebrate February 17th of 2023, I don't just want to celebrate one more year of having the gift of the Holy Ghost on my Holy Ghost birthday, but I want to celebrate one more year of depth in my walk with God. I want to be able to say next February that I am closer to God than I was the previous February. I want to be able to say that I've grown up a little bit more, in my walk with Him than I was the year before, that I've come to see some things and maybe had some deeper experiences with God. Maybe I've gotten a little closer to Him and because of that, He's been able to speak to me a little deeper than He could. Because of that, maybe I can reach somebody next year that I wasn't able to reach. this year. Maybe I can do a work next year that I wasn't able to do this year. I'm not saying that we are all a bunch of babies. I'm saying we need to make mindful of the time that we have with God. And that it's important as we grow in Him that we don't just spend time on a church pew, but that we grow closer to God. I, I don't ever want to get to the fact point that I've been here long enough, I can say, okay, now I should be a warrior. And then pick up my sling. I want to just take a moment as we close in prayer. and We'll uh, end it seven minutes early tonight. But I just want to take a moment as we close and just ask that God will help us each to grow one step closer to him, grow uh, just a little bit more like him tomorrow than we were today. Lord, I thank you. I praise you this evening, Lord God. I ask that you help each of us as we walk in our relationship with you to grow closer to you than we were yesterday. You help each of us, Lord God, to grow to the point that we can accept more of the meat of your word, that we don't just dwell upon only the milk, but we can get to the depth of what you have for us. We thank you and we praise you. I ask you to go with us in our hearts this week Keep us safe. Bring us back on Sunday, Lord God. We thank you. We praise you. We lift you up, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed this evening.